All right, welcome everyone to the first ever uh, Grimdark Tales podcast. I think we should have a separate name for this, or should it just... We'll just call it Grimdark Tales, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the podcast edition. Um, so, uh, I thought uh, it would be fun to just have a little sort of uh, ancillary piece to our channel... Where if you're in the car or something and you don't have time to watch a video, but you'd like to maybe just listen to a couple of idiots talk about uh, a thing you like, and the thing that you like is Warhammer, then uh, that's what uh, this is for. So, um, I'm here with Jordan. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Eric, the the same the self same guy you you've seen in the in the battle reports. Um, it's the same Jordan too. It, we, you you should be familiar with us at this point. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. Um, so I figured uh, we'll just use this time to talk about just anything really that uh, is of interest to us about the hobby, and uh, if uh, with any luck, it'll be of interest to to some of you. Um, so I figured today we would talk about. Uh, just the the state of the game right now. Um, eighth edition's been out for over a year. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah it is crazy. Um, I still remember when it when it dropped, mm-hmm. and it was insane. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Everyone yeah. was so excited, and uh, buying that new rule book, and it felt like it felt like a bigger thing than any edition change I can recall. Yeah, maybe just because. I was an adult for it, and I was a kid for the other ones. I didn't really feel that. I don't even really remember um, when we started. Was it? It was third. I think it was third. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like I wasn't playing for fourth through sixth, maybe, unless I don't know. The last codex I bought before mm-hmm. taking like a ten-year break was that Demon Hunters one that yes. had the rules for, like, Inquisition, um, Grey Knights, and the, you know, Demon Hosts and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was 3rd edition still. I don't know what it was either, but I'm I'm almost positive when we were kids that we played through two editions. Yeah. Um, and we didn't... I didn't, like, notice a transition. Um, yeah. I remember because I started in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I had like the the um, you know the games the Citadel miniatures or catalog or whatever it was. It was yeah. like yeah, um, I remember I around everywhere, and it <laughs> yeah. was like destroyed by the end of yeah. my time with it. But it had really old models, yeah. like everything was pewter in it and stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I feel like I remember the. Uh, Katachin, Katachin. I'm gonna say Katachin. Let's say that's Katachin. How I that's, say it. We that should be a disclaimer. We in this uh, circle of friends say um, Katachin because we think Katachan sounds extremely dumb. Yeah. And um, Katakan also is just yeah. stupid. That sounds like an orc thing. I don't know. It's just super dumb. Not to offend anybody who really likes saying. Yeah, it. if you like saying. If that's how you like to say it, that's how you should say it. Yeah, and but. we will be saying. Katachin. We're going to say Katachin. Yeah. I've been saying that for 20 years. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think the plastic Katachins were coming out. Um, but yeah, not to get too off topic, but it, it definitely, if there were other edition changes during the time I was playing, I didn't notice them. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like there was any big, like, total system overhauls like there was. Not the 8th was like a total overhaul, but it changed the a way lot. that some some of the basic systems worked. Yeah. Um, and it felt very refreshing. It still yeah. feels very re- refreshing. Yeah. And it was, it was a meta shift. Uh, I don't mean in the meta of the game, which it also obviously was cause it had to be, but it was a, it was a meta shift. Um, as far as like the way that the company interacted with the, with the yeah. public, because right before eighth edition dropped games workshop suddenly realized that it's like beneficial to have a social media presence <laughs> Yeah. And not be like weird uh, Luddite hermits that don't know how to work a you know email. <laughs> um, I think that was like a huge 
uh, thing like that that really changed. I mean, you saw, you know, their their um, stock price went up. Like, yeah. I think they had the largest growth of any company in the world or something, right. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show how, like, actually trying to engage with your yeah. with your customer base is like so valuable. Um, and it and everyone wins really. I mean, like. It's not like we're paying more for models than we used to. It's always been an expensive hobby. Unless you're buying Forge World. Unless you're buying they Forge World, which is the they literally just jacked up the prices. Yeah, and I just bought two mountain throbs. Right yeah, after I it know happened. you should have. I well, I should have a week earlier. It should have just died <laughs> instead. Um, clearly, yeah. um, but uh, yeah. So the it really, I feel like it was a big, it was this big paradigm shift and. Um, in the way they interacted with us. And you can see still, they're like, they're really putting effort into like community testing. Mm-hmm. They're doing like the, the video game equivalent of, of beta testing. Like they, they are giving it to us and then they're being like, this is, these are essentially tentative rules. Yeah. And then I feel like that's a good place to kick off the discussion. Yeah. Because. That it is great that they're doing that, but one thing I really would love to see in the future is I love the paper rule books, and I would love them as like art and like fluff, and mm-hmm. here's the pictures of the models mm-hmm. books. But I feel like if they're gonna keep updating the rules really regularly, which they absolutely should, yeah, um, it would be beneficial to have if not like a full migration, at least have the option of like a digital rules collection that you can somehow purchase either as like ebooks that they're going to update or some sort of app where you can like pay for the material you want or whatever. Yeah. Updatable um, app. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I definitely can see depending on how they handle chapter approved, mm-hmm. you know, if you end up having to carry each year's chapter approved, I know. Or if chapter approved just gets, you know, bigger and bigger because it's going to include all the past material and yeah. you're carrying the FAQs for everything. Um which the FAQs themselves aren't a huge deal, but um you know, with the errata and all of that. Yeah, yeah. You definitely it's like changes to the wording of rules and right, you kind exactly. of have to have them on you. Yeah, your codex becomes semi obsolete. Yeah. Mean, yeah. So, um, so I would, that's something I would love to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know how likely that is to happen. I know. I know. That's a that's such a different thing from yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And maybe it's not like out of the question because it makes sense that they've changed a lot, like in the past couple of years. And I feel like it's not out of the question that they would do something that that dramatic it's just that like they need to be prompted enough and i feel they're they're not like what i mean to say is there was a time where them making changes in general was laughable right they were like a static company that's totally stagnated and then like suddenly they became one of the most dynamic companies as far as like um changing processes that exist for them like as far as you know, exposing uh, the process of them making new plastic sisters to us as they go. And, like, they never did that. They just yeah. revealed an army when it was done. And it was, like, after, you know, years of secrecy or whatever. Yeah. And um, they, you know, that so that is to say, like, they can make huge changes. And I think that based on their dynamic handling of a situation like Plastic Sisters... I don't think it's out of the question that they would do something as dramatic as doing their entire rules base in a digital format that yeah. is adaptable. Um, that's, I mean, it's just inherently difficult compared to games, which are linked to the internet, and you don't have to do any work. The, the game is doing all the work. Right, yeah. So when you're playing a game where the rules being correct are based on your interpretation of them and you having them in, yeah. in front of you right like it's always going to be more difficult than a, right. than a video game for the player but you could show up at your game <laughs> store and if you didn't know there was an unfaq release yeah or whatever you know you could be playing something wrong yeah, yeah that's i would love to see that mm-hmm. uh in the future just because 
with the beta rules. Um, and it sounds like they're going to be issuing those changes in like spring and like fall yeah. or winter, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool, but for certain things, I feel like, you know, if something is a major misstep or whatever, yeah, being stuck with it yeah. for, and obviously it doesn't affect if you're more casual like we are. Sure, yeah, but if you you're know, like a like, tournament player, right. yeah, it's a Right, like the deep strike rules, um, the rule of three, yeah. all that, I know for certain armies that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's significant for the casual player too, yeah. it definitely changes like a lot of armies how they work yeah but it's not like you know you just kind of live with it yeah you don't you don't go out and buy like a bunch of maybe you do i mean for me i don't i just like you know i either live with it or i put that army aside if i know it's just like this isn't the way i want to play it yeah yeah. i'll set it aside until they change it but it'd be great if it could be like oh oops like let's update it for this this faction but let's leave this faction alone or whatever yeah. and they can just sort of see like the next major tournament they go to they realize oh that was maybe a bit too much yeah they can change it right away mm-hmm. um i think people yeah it's tough i mean people might get sort of worn out by that as well having the rules change yeah but i feel like in some ways as it is now it's like if something's a viewed as a big misstep and it really is challenging for a lot of people and a lot of armies to deal with I don't know which is more frustrating, having something change yeah. more frequently or having to deal with like nine months of I know. having to put your granites on the shelf or whatever, you know, whatever yeah, it happens yeah. to be. I think that that's kind of a catch-22 because I feel like Games Workshop is going to get a lot of hate no matter which way yeah. they go. Yeah. And I think like they seem to be handling it like pretty cool, you know, like they as far as their response on social media to, um, you know, criticism or whatever, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't seem like they're, you know, losing their heads or it yeah. doesn't seem like they're overreacting to anything. And I get that they want to take it slow because, like you said, there there's a fatigue that comes with rules changes constantly. Yeah. And, and you can maybe start to feel like the identity of the army that you specifically built uh, a list around or something has changed so much you don't even know it anymore. And um, Yeah, I mean, I remember feeling that with the Commissar chain. Yeah. It was just like, you know, out of nowhere suddenly, this model that I loved and owned a bunch of and had, you know, had like four of them in my guard army. Uh, And I wasn't doing the conscript thing. It was just like that was the theme of my army was it was... You know, this, these waves of infantry with the commissars. And then suddenly it was like, t- taking them was like, not only did it no longer really fit with the fluff and yeah. how the rules were working, but it also, it was on the table, it yeah. was hurting you, and it was just like, yeah. well, this sucks. I know, I, I don't understand, like, they literally became worse to take than <laughs> not taking. So it yeah. was like you were throwing points away to take a commissar. Luckily with that one, they... They fixed it. They fixed it mm-hmm. relatively quickly. Quickly, or did they? I can't remember. I it think it matter. wasn't too long. It, it didn't feel like terribly long, but I yeah. haven't played my guard. Um, yeah, much lately. So, the, I mean, they, that's that is a good point, though, that you bring up about you weren't using conscript spam. I mean, yeah. the these rules that come into place are clearly uh, a way to sort of, um, you know, temper the insane rules abuses that the tournament players are able to find. And of course they're not doing anything wrong. They're exploiting rules so that they can win at something that they're trying to win at. The point of a tournament is to win. Um, And that's why they bring these insane, cruel lists that just exploit one thing. And, and they're, and that's why they, they work so well in a, in a certain setting. And then the meta shifts and someone else finds a thing, but like, you know, Games Workshop is just trying to basically keep up with that yeah. mentality. Yeah. And there's always going to be loopholes. There's always going to be something that can be exploited. Um, you know, I think Reaper Spam, even though they, like, jack their price up, Reapers are still, like, one yeah. of the most common yeah. things in tournaments. And um, but, Yeah, I mean, because it, it's so tough, because you can't... It's such a big system. Yeah, it's you know, just As enormous. much as we all want them to just be, like, find the perfect balance or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. No, it won't. Um, I think the big problem right now is it feels like 
there's such a massive imbalance, just like unit to unit, book to book, mm-hmm. that it feels really problematic. I think if they start to bring all the books a little bit more in line with each other, yeah, it's going to feel like, okay, sure, somebody's abusing like this particular unit from their book, yeah. but there's a response. Right. Whereas right now, I think there's a, a handful of factions that are... In a, in a bit of a rough way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that I think are just like, oh, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Like, you can, if you're good, you can probably win a tournament with them. Yeah. Like, I I don't follow the scene much, but I know that, you know, people have won with, like, weird, like, guard lists. That yeah. you're like, oh, I'm, that just looks like a totally normal guard list that yeah. I would make. So Relatively clearly this person's, like, a very good player. Yeah. Um, Like, I know Tao, some people have said, like, oh, they're not, you know competitive or whatever yeah, but yeah. i also know they've won some tournaments and yeah. that's like as far as just a book i don't play tile but when i saw that book it's like, oh, what a fun book i it's know the book like, is so good there's yeah. like, like four or five stratums you want to use every turn yeah it's just like and awesome and i run i the list i made once the tau codex came out is uh you know a brigade because yeah, i was like right. i just want all these cp right. and Honestly, I think Tau are like in this really awesome spot right now where like the book like it it really feels like what Tau are. Yeah. Like it you it, they play like Tau play. They rely on this intense sort of like battle drill synergy of, you know, units cohering with one another. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that like in in the fluff it's always been the Tau just drill and drill and drill and it's like their training doesn't come in the form of like they're more accurate with their shooting. Yeah. It comes in the form of like, they work together so well. Yeah. And, um, and like that extends to like their whole selfless sort of communistic attitude. And like, you know, they're, they're just, it feels like from the ground up how function appropriately. And, um, and it didn't feel like that in seventh edition because everyone just went, I'm going to take, you know, Six Riptides. Yeah. Like Riptide Wings, because formations were a thing, yeah. or optimized stealth cadres, they just, it, it, it was like they just took these things that ex, that were rules exploits. It was almost like formations were just, <laughs> just a, a way for people to, to be a built-in <laughs> tournament, like sort of exploitative yeah. player. And, um, and that's not, it's just not the same as like yeah. the rules benefiting you choosing to play your army like they're designed to be played in the fluff. Right. And so yeah. I think Tower like a great That's example a great book. of that. The Imperial Guard yeah. too. I think I was gonna. I was just gonna go on to the Imperial Guard. I. It's a. It's a. How do I say this? I don't think there's anything wrong with the book. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very fun to play. Yeah. I do feel like there's a part of me that misses. Um, the old like platoon setup. Yeah, and I totally get that. I do though think that with the way command points work, I think it's appropriate that mm-hmm. you're, you know, because if guard had to bring 60 infantry to fill, um, a battalion yeah. or whatever the, the three troop one is, yeah, battalion. that would be, it'd be too much. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. No, um, be ridiculous. but I do, I do feel like I miss a little bit the way that you could like, obviously you can still just take those units, but there's something cool about the way they were all like, Oh, and you can take a heavy weapon squad. Yeah. And I would have loved to see somehow, I remember when 8th was coming out, it felt like it was implied that the way that formations, and or not formations, um, detachments. detachments and command points were going to work was going to be sort of tailored army to army, Yeah, which I think was a big missed opportunity because you look at an army like um, Guard or Tau, which can so easily fill out a brigade yeah. um, and get, you know, whatever, 15 command points. Yeah. Um, but then you look at an army like Ravenwing, mm-hmm. which if you're playing Fluffy, you should be taking Outrider Detachments. Yeah. So you're going to have no like points. <laughs> four or five command points. Yeah. So it's like when they first teased it, I thought it was going to be like, oh, are you taking a fast attack army? Then fast attack is what gets you your command points. I thought sort so of too. Thing. Yeah. I thought um, that was going to be how it was. But anyways, yeah. With um, To go back to talking about guard, it would have been great to see something like that. Yeah. Where it, it was just like, you could still get the command points, um, but it encouraged that like synergy and maybe somehow orders would affect, you know, could affect the whole 
platoon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's totally fine the way they they went with it. Um, I would love to see more stratagems for guard. Yeah. Uh, that are ones you want to use every turn, like with the Tau. Yeah, you want to use. Yeah, yeah. The marker light one. Yeah, the tower like of some amazing strategies. There's, there's like four or five. They're not are... even like overpowered. It's just like they're, they're just so, so useful. you're so useful. Yeah. They're so ubiquitously useful. Yeah. It's like with guard, it's like them. I have so many CP that I'm like, oh, I really ought to use. But I end the game with so many. So many it's left. like, okay, if I'm taking basilisks, I'll spend two for rerolls because yeah. why not? Yeah. You'll use a few you know? CP for rerolls if, throughout uh, the game. Like. If a unit gets beat up, I'll probably use the insane courage one. Yep. I'll use go to ground just because you have again it. I have yeah, CP. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing really in there that's like there's nothing that I'm just like, oh yeah, I want to use this every turn to my own benefit. Yeah, it's more it's just like, like, well, I may as well use this, huh? It, yeah, it's almost like guard ones are like responsive, um, situationally responsive yeah and tau ones are like inherent to like the skeleton of your list well i think the other thing with the guard one is there's really there's only if i think about that book yeah there's only a handful of stratagems that pop into to mind that ever really come into play there's the morale one there's uh, if you're playing katie and overlapping fields of fire which is really good which is really good um there's go to ground which like it can be good if you're using like ogrens or, or right. something, bogrens. Um, yeah, bogrens. It can be nice if you're in cover. You know, it can be nice, sure. but it's not like again. Most of the time, if you're getting shot at, if it's your guard squad standing in the open, like you'll use it because you've got the CP to burn, and right. like maybe you'll annoy your opponent by keeping one alive. <laughs> that's but the it's thing. Not yeah. like, it becomes a nuisance. Right. Than a, yeah. Um, so that's something I'd love to see. I don't, don't need to go on and on about it, but. Um, I'd love to see more of the books have that feeling of like it's not breaking the game. Mm-hmm. The stratagems, like the talons, definitely they're, not. They're yeah. good. They're good, but they're not. When someone deploys it, you aren't like, oh well, like game over. There, there goes the game. Yeah. Um, you know, even when someone's using four or five a turn, or you know, it's right. powerful, but yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Um, whereas with the guard ones, I never necessarily feel that it's having a whole lot of impact yeah um so that but i mean yeah you're right that's absolutely one of those books that i would say is right there with tau that's like it feels like it feels good yeah it feels good to play it feels good to play against it yeah um i think the dark eldar are in that group too they're the dark elder and the harlequins books i don't think they feel good to play i not good to play (laughs) against i get that they're very very strong but um i meant more like um they play like you imagine Dark Elder to play. Yeah. Um, they're so fast. They're so hard to hit. Their yeah. weapons hit so hard. They are glass cannons, but they're so maneuverable. That the it's thing like, is, like, having played against them, yeah. it doesn't, they don't feel like glass cannons because I know. there's minus one to hit. I know. Almost everything. They're durable is, in, in has other like ways. like a five up involved yeah. and then a six up doing normal. Feel no pain. So it's yeah. like on. You know, their fluff is that they should be a glass cannon. Right. And they're pointed as if they're a glass cannon. Yeah, yeah. But when you're actually facing them, it's they're like... They're pretty durable. Oh, I finally got a hit through. Yeah. Oh, you got the I got that involved. Fine. Yeah. Your last cannon does nothing yeah. to my dinky little... Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's something I feel like, um, if we're talking about, like, the overall state of the game, mm-hmm. um, the minus one to hit... It's everywhere. It's everywhere, and I kind of feel like brutal i don't i don't know if it's a good if it, yeah. i don't know if it's a thing that should be in the game i get that it's it represents something yep but the problem is when you look at and again i guess if you're going to a tournament or whatever you're gonna have to find a way to get around it yeah but like just in a casual game if mm-hmm. i go to play with my guard i don't want to be in the situation where like oh i moved my lehman russ and now it can't hit anything yeah, literally you know, can't like, hit the enemy because yeah. I, you know i'm one of those people who thinks that sponsons look cool and so i put them on there right and so then you, you know, move and you can't you move and it's them. minus one and then the enemy's got a minus one yeah. and then they take a couple wounds off you and yeah. it's like oh or they use a stratagem oh, to get no. an extra minus one right. or something yeah and like yeah fair enough like i get it yeah but just from from purely 
the standpoint of a person playing the game. That yeah. to me, it's not the it's not the most fun. Yeah, no, I. But I totally get. Yeah, the intention. And, yeah, yeah, and I don't. I didn't mean to say the Dark Eldar are like one of those like middle tier books. I just meant like they're a fun they book feel like yeah. Dark Eldar and they feel awesome, but yeah, like. Yeah. Um, and the the whole um, you know the mixing uh, patrol detachments mm-hmm. to get like command that's super cool and like yeah. it's probably the most unique book in that regard. But I um, think that like the your word choice of like it feels like Dark Eldar to play is really good because I think that a lot of times when I get frustrated playing an army, it's because it doesn't. So if I'm facing Eldar or whatever mm-hmm. with my guard. Um, it can be frustrating yeah. to be like, I need sixes to hit or whatever. You yeah, know? Yeah. You're just trying and nothing's happening. But at the same time, like you've got with guard, you've got the orders. You can fall back out of combat and things. Yep. So you can react to the situation. Yeah. Um, and if you have to justify it, you're like, oh, they're fighting a losing battle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not the <laughs> best, but you know, it can still feel right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like the the biggest problem for me playing mm-hmm. is when an army just doesn't feel. You know, like Grey Knights and Space Marines right now. Yeah, they don't. They don't don't feel heroic at we, all. We should talk about <laughs> them now because yeah. that's really. I mean, you know, we Codex Creep was a thing in Seventh Edition. Right. Uh, everyone talked about the bloat of Seventh Edition at the end of the of the edition, and when Eighth Edition came, it was so fresh. And um, you know, the Space Marines Codex felt really strong because we were comparing right. it to indexes. Yeah. And then suddenly, it, almost immediately, I mean, like, the, the Chaos book already felt stronger than it. <laughs> and then the Grey Knights book didn't feel stronger. And then every book after that was strong, felt stronger. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's not, I'm not saying Space Marines can't win. Obviously, Space Marines can win a game. Yeah. But there is inherently... They don't feel great to play. Right. They, yeah, they're, so. not, they're not special. They're not, like... And I, I get that Space Marines are sort of, like the stock thing in Warhammer, but yeah. that doesn't mean they shouldn't feel like these superhuman warriors. Right. And and we know that they can because Kill Team exists. Right. Well, that's been such a... And we've talked about it in yeah. both the videos, but that's been such a refreshing thing because I'm, I'm, I've had a bunch of Space Marines in 7th. Yeah. And I was working on, like, sort of the drop pod army <laughs> drop pods not because i necessarily wanted to do that but yeah. because i wanted to play space marines yeah. and that seemed like how you do if it. you wanted to play space marines that's how you did it and yeah. i was just getting back into it yep um and then with eighth and the the new rules i kind of didn't know what to do with them mm-hmm. um i got a bunch of the primaris stuff and we played a few games with the dark eldar yeah. and they were both over in like turn one that was that was um, a sad day that yeah. was a sad day and i just like put them away yeah. uh until kill team and then i that i was like okay i'll give it a go yeah and that was such like a breath of fresh air yeah. for space marines absolutely um because they do feel like pretty heroic and, yeah oh man that guy just you know he he is so strong like the yeah. strength actually matters or yeah, whatever yeah. you know like all these these things whereas in um like Reavers, for example. Yeah. Then. Uh, obviously, we've only played a couple of games, and it's only been against Harlequins. Who knows what they'll feel like against other armies. But I feel like nobody's using Reavers in 40K because it's like... What do they really, do? Right, nothing they're really not, makes like, them stand out. Yeah, they're not good at anything, really. Yeah. I mean, like at, at best, they're sort of a nuisance unit that is yeah. durable, but like... Yeah. It's, um, so it's it's weird, and yeah. it, like, I don't want to just go off on weird tangents complaining about things, but... It's one of those books where it doesn't necessarily feel like Space you're Space. commanding this army of like, oh, they're superhuman warriors. They've yeah. got hundreds of years of battle experience, whatever. Yeah. And then you flip open the stratagem page and it's like, three CP, I can fight again if I die. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if I bring three predators, I can do kill. What, you know, it's like, yeah. That's well, a- what if I don't want to, <laughs> if I don't want to run three predators? Yeah. What am I doing? Right, like, right. What am I know? playing? Yeah, I no, I know what you mean because, like, I think basically, I feel like there's two big things that the book needs to work on or that need to be improved for the future, and one is stratagems. Yeah, definitely 
Space Marines need access to more useful stratagems, and stratagems that they have now should be cheaper, I think, because yeah. they don't have access to CP like some armies right. do. And it's not like they shouldn't be able to do these like heroic things because they're space no. marines, right? And then the other thing is points. They're just not. Yeah, they're not right. I mean, like you cannot yeah. get enough on the table in general in an average comparison game. Like space marines points for points are never going to be as good as Eldar yeah. uh, points for points or like the the number of useful units in the in the codex uh, for Eldar. Versus the number of useful units in the chaos in the space marines book, like yeah. there's, you know, I I love an example. I love centurions. Like yeah. they're so cool. Yeah, they're so expensive. <laughs> I was thinking about this before we sat down. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous how expensive yeah. they are. And like, I can even see in a very casual game where both players are taking like very casual choices, yeah. centurions sort of holding their own yeah. or if you're going by power level or something yeah but like in a in a balanced game right they just aren't worth yeah. it ever yeah you like, get three guys with if you take the last can the missiles it's like yeah 400 but it's it it's, absurd. Like, it's absurd so we were sort of talking about this the other day um because the list i'm building which hopefully will feature on the channel sometime before the end of the year yeah um has um, I've got. I bought a couple redemptors and I got Gilliman. I'm doing the Altarians thing. I wasn't actually going to get Gilliman, but then I was encouraged by uh, everyone else just because he's such a cool model. He's awesome. Yeah, um, don't feel bad. He's so. cool. But we were talking about like when he came out, it was like holy crap! Like rerolling everything. Yeah. This guy's crazy. Yeah. And like it was when it was just that Codex and not a lot of other books out, and you know you could abuse that. But now I was looking at my list and I've got. It's all Primaris, yep. um, and I've got a couple of Redemptors, and I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty cool. you got Gilman, he's given the rerolls to the two Redemptors, and I was like, it'd be better to just take two more Redemptors for yeah. the same points. Yeah. Like, you get the same effect, yeah. but you've got twice the Redemptors. It's, yeah, it's, I was saying um, before, it's the equivalent of, in 7th edition, twin-linked weapons versus having yeah. two of that weapon. Right. right. They fixed the twin-linked thing in 8th edition, right. and now it's just two guns, but... Yeah. Like Gilliman is like yeah. that twin link. So it problem. creates. I feel like that's a good illustration of the space marine points sort of problem. Like they adjusted Gilliman's points. They bumped his points up because they saw how he was being abused of yep. like the twin assault cannons, things like that. Yep. But now I think the problem is like he he's he's good. He's definitely for good. what he he's great for what he does. Yep. Um, you get the extra CP. He's really good in combat. All those things. He can't be targeted. Uh, right. Yeah. But. With everything being so, like when I'm making 1750 and even 2K lists, a lot of the times, yeah. um, if I'm going for a Primaris thing, which I feel like feels thematic, yeah, with um, definitely with him, with Gilliman, yeah, um, you look at it in the end and you're like, there's not really enough here, yeah, to get any benefit from right. those rerolls. Like, yeah. you know, my I think my list was something like three intercessor squads, a couple redemptors, uh, a couple characters, Gilliman, um. Hellblasters, you know, mm. like it's, it's good with the Hellblasters. Yeah, they they benefit, but but like at the same time, yeah, you know, is it is it worth paying four hundred points, or do you just take double of the thing? Right, do you yeah. just take six squads of Hellblasters? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's a really weird thing. I I kind of feel like somehow, and again, I, I feel like I'm just going off on a tangent. Feeling like somehow, Space Marines are in this weird situation that I I don't feel like I encounter when I'm making lists for. Um, guard, yeah, uh, which is the other army that I, I make lists for often. I don't ever feel like I'm in that weird position of like, oh, well, I need a buffing unit to make this unit good, yeah. But the buffing unit is so expensive that it would be better to just leave the unit mediocre and take more of it, right? Um, you know, with guard, I feel like you take you know, your officers buff your infantry, yep. but it's all cheap enough that you can take the proper amount of. Each thing, yes, you know, and yeah, then yeah. you can you filled out pointed. your infantry and you can take your tanks mm -hmm. and you get it on the field and you're like, okay, I feel like I have, you know, symmetry and yeah. balance in my list design with the proper supporting elements. Yeah. With Marines, it's like, if I'm taking, if I'm looking to take a battalion and I'm going to take a captain and I'm pro you're probably looking at taking a lieutenant, yeah. um, just sort of with the state of the other characters. 
it's like you're not getting that much buff. Yeah. But, you know, you're getting reroll ones, but your captain can only be in one place. And yeah. then if you're moving as a blob, yeah. it's it's just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, where it feels like somehow they have to work out what's the value of that buff. What's the what are you trading to get it yeah. and having to stay around this character? Right. What's the actual appropriate points cost? Yeah. Um for you know, what's the points cost for a tactical marine? And you go from there. Yeah. Like, you know, is he actually worth whatever it is now, twelve or thirteen points? Yeah. Um The answer is no. I, I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> think so. Yeah. Um But yeah, I'll be I'm hopeful yeah. that with uh chapter approved that's going to be addressed because I do feel like, you know, Space Marines, Grey Knights, and again, Grey Knights is the same exact thing. We yeah. don't really need to go. Grey Knights are into it. They're really, really in a bad spot. Yeah. This, yeah. Again, like the points are just weird. They don't really make any sense. Just compare um, them to the custodies. Yeah. I mean, custodies are, they cost the same or less <laughs> and their stats are all yeah. better. Yeah. Weapon skill two, well, weapon skill two, strength five, <laughs> toughness five, three wounds each, three attacks, two up save. <laughs> like they're I know and they have an invulnerable save. Yeah. It's not like you know, I know that the Grey Knights have like nice weapons right. and they're psychers. Right. But but the durability that, is exactly, exactly a Space Marine's durability. Yeah. And and we've seen how paper thin they are yeah. in a game full of insane weaponry. Well, I remember when the book came out, uh I was looking at those messaging you because I was quite irate that like just unit to unit, like yeah. I can't remember specifically, but like you know a Terminator chaplain versus a Grey Knight's chaplain. Yeah, it was this massive points to and again he's got psychic power that's sure. fantastic, but like a Grey Knight's tech marine. I had this really cool idea oh, for a list yeah. where like I wanted to have um, the story was that my chapter had been lost in the warp. Um, and so they were like relying heavily on um, dreadnoughts, and like there was this one tech marine who was sort of like this ancient guy yeah. who was tending the chapter's dreadnoughts, and he had been on the ship at the time. So, so there was like three or four dreadnoughts in yeah, the list, yeah. and he was going to sort of be like caring for the, like the spirits inside and the machines, and they were all going to go together and all that. And then I went went to make the list, and the Grey Knight tech marine was like 150 points. Yeah, I was like. I had to check the space. It looks like codex. a mistake, and he's like fifty points. Yeah, in the it space looks like a mistake. He's the cheapest like, character in the space yeah. Marines codex. I think right? once you add his weapons, he does. He obviously goes up and so sure. But I'm, the points difference is still it's huge. Yeah, yeah. And it's like okay for what you know. Yeah, he can. I guess somehow if you could figure out a way to abuse the hell out of that psychic power, it's not like his psychic powers like, buff his. Preparing, right? Like, which is like why he take right, him. and that's exactly it. Is it's like what? What are you actually doing with this unit? Yeah, he's hanging out with he's hanging out with a, a dreadnought. Yeah, like maybe a land raider, but it's gray knights. It's he's not hanging out with a rhino. Right. Like hanging out with those things. What is he bringing to the table? D three wounds. Yeah, like I know. You know, sure you could give him like gate of infinity, and you could like fling one of the dreadnoughts at the. That's sure. great. Yeah, it's not. And you, you know, can give it. To you could else? just give that. Gate of Infinity to the other Dreadnought. Yeah. Like, so I the feel dre- like, yeah, the Dreadnought can take that. I feel like that's sort of the the <clears throat> Space Marine situation. I feel like it was early, yeah. and the points changes for other armies hadn't happened, yeah. so they rolled those books out without any points changes, because they're like, oh, it's just, they balanced it to the indexes right. and left it as it was. Um, But now, suddenly, it's like when you look at the way that you can stack buffs in other armies, which, again, is... To a degree is a great thing because it makes them feel the way they should feel. Like, exactly. You know, it makes Tau play yeah. the way you want Tau to play. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is just that I don't I don't know if it's something they can easily address in chapter approved. I hope they try. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those weird things where you kinda hope maybe they'll just change a bunch of the data sheets and, and yeah. all that. I mean I have to assume they're sort of to an extent, if they are going to make those changes, that they're kind of waiting for us to get all the codexes. Right. And, and just do a new codex. And just do a new yeah. Space Marine codex, which, like... I, it's I a shame to wait that long. I know. But... It, and Space Marine players are so, like, screwed during yeah. this time. I mean, even if they just adjust in some points, 
Yeah. So that you can get some more models on the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's enough. You know, whatever. It yeah. would be what it, you'd lose a lot of games, but you'd have more, you know, you'd have more options. Yeah. And that it feels better, like, for me at least, of like a pretty casual player. Yeah. I just want those options where it's like, when I go to make a, when I go to make a card list, I'm never like, oh no, I won't be able to fit my idea into two thousand points. Yeah, like you'll be able to fit that and I'll more. Absolutely, be able to do it. Yeah, with Space Marines, like I go in with a very modest hope, <laughs> and I get half of it in. Yeah, so it's like you know, even even that, I'd be like, all right, yeah. I don't have a lot of stratagems to use, but I can represent each of the Primaris unit types on the table. You know, yeah, I could take my my Hellblasters, my Intercessors, a couple of you know. Dreads and a couple of scepter squads, and it's all there, and it mm-hmm. and it feels fluffy, and yeah, yeah. For me, that kind of just sums up the state of eighth edition, which yeah. I think is it's pretty good. If the only problem is like, yeah, they yeah, need yeah. to adjust a few things, like, and that it's like it's still in the in the throes of release. Yeah, like that's I definitely think that's something that we should always take into account. Is like you can. You can complain, you can be salty about these things and and be justified. Yeah. But like you also should just keep in your head that like we some players don't have a codex yet. Like right. like you know, Gene Steeler Cult waiting for a codex. Orcs right. are about to get one. Yeah. Like they've been waiting since sixth edition yeah. to get a codex. Like Space Marines have like eight codexes right. between yeah. here and then. Yeah. And like I, you know, I I get that like the the book is not balanced right now to the other books. It needs work, all this stuff. But like, there's a lot like that. And, yeah. and I think that games workshop isn't trying to say it is balanced. They're not yeah. trying to like argue with us. They're no, I think they're treating it like what they, what they said they were going to do, which is it's going to be like a, a living, a living set of rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as long as they sort of continue as they're going, yeah. I feel relatively good that like, I may have to wait. Yeah, but It'll hopefully get soon. Yeah, yeah, my gray knights will be on on the table again, yeah. and, and not okay. right back off the table. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know. I, we got a couple of games in. Yeah, we did. And uh, while they weren't the absolute worst yeah. for a little yeah. bit, yeah. And and they won. I think a couple times. They did you a couple times. Mech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were good for a minute when the book came out. Yeah. And I. And people say, you know, you can do the interceptor thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I have a couple of squads. Yep. I have one or two painted. I just don't want to do. Um, I just want to do that. Yeah. That's not my gray knight list. Yeah. And, and so that's that's sort of my problem at yeah. that point. But well, that's a weakness I think of a book is when there's only one play. Yeah. That works. I mean, that that is inherently like, oh, okay, then the book's not working because like. You know, that's the power of the Eldar Codex. It's right. the power of the Dark Eldar Codex. It's like, you, you can't find a bad unit. Or if well, you can, it's so because, few. Um, I've heard people say um, on different Battle Report channels, on forums and stuff, that the Necron book, they've said, like, oh, the Necron book is in trouble. But for me, I think because the build that works from the book is it's literally just the army I had. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have 60 warriors. Yeah. And an overlord, and so more. Your necrons are so strong. Yeah, it's like it. Yeah. It works for how I was playing. Yes. How I wanted to play, which was just that sort of silver tide. Yeah, like, the phalanxes, right? The, the, the endless phalanxes, and that's just how necrons were when I think when they were released when we were playing years ago. Yeah, so yeah. when I was like, I want a Xenos army. I've been playing Imperium forever. forever. I have yeah, yeah. you know a bunch of Imperium factions, and I just went for it. I knew I wanted to do that, and yeah. then luckily the book came out. Yeah, and I, you know, I flipped it open. And it was like, oh, make all your warriors fearless. Yeah, great. Take okay, it. I'll That's take literally it. Literally a perfect. For yeah, me. yeah. There yeah. I go. But I can absolutely see that if you're a player who wanted, because I, you know, I own um, the Lich Guard and the Praetorians and stuff. Yep. And when I've looked at their rules in the book, I'm kind of like, yeah, Lich Guard. I don't Guard know necessarily that I would find a, you know. Unless I really were like passionate about Lich Guard, yeah, I wouldn't bother going through the effort of finding a place and you know, yeah, what yeah. are they bringing, sort of thing. Um, so I can definitely see if if you didn't happen to want to play Silver Tide yeah. Warriors, yeah, yeah, you'd be looking at the book and saying, oh, like I can't really find a place for for these other. Um, but again, I'm sure 
that they're going to address. Yeah. All I of mean, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll get to it. I mean, like it's, it's not like they're, they're clearly listening is the thing. Like yeah. there was a time where they just weren't. And, yeah. and now they're, they're sending people to tournaments. They're getting feedback from tournaments. Yeah. They're, they're doing their own tournaments and then they're getting feedback from those. And like, you know, they're, they're active on social media, which they literally just weren't. And, yeah. and all these erratas and FAQs, it's like, you know, it can make your head spin, but it really is just, it's, it's, so much better that they're listening and they're responding than that we just have a a static rule system that will just be broken until the next edition, which is always what Warhammer is. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the future is, I think the future is bright. Yeah. edition. Yeah. And, and, and yet so dark for uh, the people in the 41st millennium. Yeah. uh, With the cicatrix maledictum and whatnot. Um, and there being only war. That's kind of a big... Yeah, up. but they're used to... Yeah, I mean, it's been like that, I think, for... 20,000 years? Yeah, something like that. Um, so, I think that's a good place to uh, stop for now. Yeah. Um, so, that was just, you know, some of our thoughts on the current edition. Um, and there's clearly plenty more for us to say. I mean, yeah. like... the. We're, well, I'd love to get, um, you know, people listen to this and enjoy hearing us blather about it. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have people say, hey, what are your feelings on this? And obviously, I'm not a tournament player, and I think I follow, like, the culture. I don't really follow it at all. Yeah. I get my information from you, and <laughs> uh, but I am very opinionated. Yeah. So if people like hearing us talk and they send things in that they... Yeah, I would like love, hearing about yeah. it. I'd love to talk about it. I would love to hear any uh, anyone listening, any of you guys who just wants to hear a couple fresh opinions. Uh, if you don't know us or you haven't been talking to us regularly, um, we basically have opinions about everything mm. in Warhammer. So I feel like uh, it could be fun for everyone for you to send us fun questions for us that we haven't maybe talked about out loud together and we can uh, record it in this format and you can hear what we have to say. And if you know how to make space Marines when, please tell me that too. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. I'd like that too. Um, thanks. Thanks. And, uh, uh, as, as you know, if you're listening to this, you probably know, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter now and Tumblr and Reddit and Facebook. Um, and we have a website coming very soon. Um, basically, it's Grimdark Tales all the way around. It's either at Grimdark Tales or just Grimdark Tales or uh, GrimdarkTales.com uh, will be the website. It's not up yet, but um, it's it's in the works. We have the domain. We're building it now. Rick, uh, who you may have seen in our last battle report, is diligently working on it, and uh, it's right around the corner at this point. Um, but we will keep releasing content with or without a website. So uh, this is just another uh, sort of arm of the octopus that is uh, Grimdark Tales. And we hope that you enjoy all this content. Obviously, um, the point of some of this is just so you can sort of cherry pick, you know, if you want some of it, this content, but not all of it. There's a podcast here. If you don't want bat reps, um, some of these will be about very different things too. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a segment where I try to explain, uh, I I'm going to do an explain like I'm five, uh, about what Warhammer is to my girlfriend, Sadie, um, which should be, uh, comical if nothing else. Um, she knows nothing about the rule system or anything, um, but she knows I'm completely obsessed with it. And she's very supportive, uh, but she's also a ridiculous personality, and it's very amusing. So um, that's something that will be coming out as well on our podcast. Um, and we also plan to uh, just use some of this time to talk about... Uh, like some of our armies that we'll have on the channel, um, you know, our passion projects individually, where we're at with painting or building or whatever, and um, maybe some aspirations we have for the future and goals we might set for ourselves. So 
there's uh there's just going to be this is sort of a hodgepodge the the podcast isn't isn't really um too structured it's just sort of whatever we want to talk about that doesn't get covered in our regular videos or elsewhere on social media so with that being said um i hope you guys enjoyed listening to this um i enjoyed doing it and uh i look forward to us recording a lot more of these in the future yeah absolutely um and uh i hope that uh we talk to you real soon and you hear us real soon and uh yeah so i guess we'll sign off we don't have any official signing off but uh well until next time bye everyone bye